You know what I love about the FPP guys? The treats. What do you love about the FPP, Mike? FPP is like a party. <laughs> I'm afraid it is. This is Film Photography Podcast, episode number 118, February 1st, 2015. Welcome, everyone. Listening to Leslie's camera, camera rewinding. Rewind, sorry. Sounds like 8mm. A Renalta Maxim 6. 100 SI. You love that camera. Really that like is your this. go-to camera. It, it is now. If it's not, it really is. This is the internet radio show for people who love to shoot film. We love shooting film. <laughs> love it. Which is why we're here. And uh, Leslie Lazenby is here. Hi. Mark Dalzell. Hello. And Mr. Matt Mirage. Heyo. And my name is Michael Rosso. Welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about all sorts of fun stuff. But before we get started, a bag on the floor. We received donation cameras. If you go to filmphotographyproject.com, there's a donate tab. FPP operates very much like a not-for-profit. If you follow all the links, you'll see all of the workshops that we do. They're free. And you will see all the school programs that were funded by your donation cameras in 2013 and 2014, mm-hmm. uh, including Project Juan TT, which is in Africa, including the Skyo School, which is in Oregon, uh, including uh, Andy University of Bluffton. Bluffton University, which mm-hmm. a, a forthcoming piece by Amy Davies is going to go on the site. Wonderful. Uh, in with the camera, uh, our good friend Jim Austin, Jimages sent us now with donation cameras and I have lots from Jim from over the years thank you Jim thank you so much but he sent a special treat a package of Snickers Snickers oh how did he know we all love Snickers put this right here packed with peanuts peanut butter nougat caramel and milk chocolate mmm satisfies you then here is a letter says dear Mike from December, from last uh, two months ago, uh, I will hold up some of the. <laughs> I love getting stuff that's just like, like, like. What is it? Mm-hmm. And you know it's going to be like amazing. Like for example, how about this? Pearson's nut goodies. <laughs> nut goodies. Oh, I turned it off. I mean, whoa. <laughs> okay, how about this? Pearson's salted nut roll. <laughs> Now that sounds good. Now this is a good source of protein. (laughs) And sugar. (laughs) In between all the sugar and salt. The salted nut roll is a crunchy, Crunchy, salty, salty, sweet, and chewy. Pearson's salted nut roll. With Pearson's salted nut roll, you enjoy three very distinct tastes. Creamy nougat, chewy caramel, and lots of fresh salted peanuts. You get a crunchy, chewy, sweet, and salty taste. And there's a whole bag of them. Listen. <gasps> Guys, enjoy. Get your hands on. <laughs> Get your hands on some treats. Oh, goodness. Hmm. Help yourselves. Got a good one. What will it be? Oh, I know what I want. Yeah. That one. Yep. This is from <laughs> Jim Melcher. Yeah. You guys know Jim? It's totally That's a snack. Matt knows him. How are we going to talk to him? Nougat. Dear Mike and the gang, my name is pronounced like Belcher, but only with an M. Melcher. <laughs> you can find me on Flickr searching for Desert Owl among the users. <laughs> the combination of like sugar and salt is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You're thinking about dunking this in your own chocolate at home, aren't totally. you? Totally. Here's a heaping of photo gear I promised to send you a couple of months ago. You'll find a few Hanukkah bodies with their 
Hexanon lenses, Ooh. a Spotmatic, mm-hmm. and a Minolta X700, Canon AE1, Pentax K1000. These cameras are perfect for classrooms. OM1s. Mm-hmm. OM1s. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jim says, I tossed in an epic zoom for good measure. There doesn't seem to be anything in here about candy, but okay, I'll keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> After playing the field of SLRs, I have narrowed my focus a bit and decided to make the FPP beneficiary of the resulting degasification. <laughs> <laughs> degas just to regas. Yep. After all, the FPP caused the gas in the first place. For folks, for folks out there who are tuning in for the first time, gas isn't the gas you think we're talking about. No, we're getting that from the, the goodies. But uh, yes, yeah. it's gear acquisition syndrome. It's you know when you can't help yourself and you just keep buying stuff. And the gear acquisition syndrome, if you look it up, applies mostly to musical instruments. Mark. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I first listened to the podcast around the beginning of year two. While keeping current since then, I've also gone back to listen to all the podcasts since day one. Whoa. Several episodes three or four times. You need to get Dwayne to do a guest appearance someday. That would be super positive. Super positive. That's so funny. It's such a long time ago now. One of these days, folks. One of these days. <laughs> I'm also... Mark's like, who? <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Dwayne from Dwayne's Photo? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also including a bag of Minnesota source candy. Here's the best part of this letter. And a print of Camera Comics number three, which I'll hold up. Just awesome. Camera Comics. Featuring Linda Lenz (laughs) beaning a Nazi soldier with her Kodak medalist. Oh, my God. That is great. I want that hanging up in my house. Uh Does that have a date on it? Uh... No, Not doesn't. necessarily. No. Wow. Looks, that'd be the 40s, 40s. right? I'd say it looks 40s. Keep up the great work on the podcast and keep on stocking the FPP store with that great merch. Hey, how about a t-shirt celebrating someone's favorite TLR? Maybe an Argo Flex? Hmm? Or a Zero Flex? Mm-hmm. Best wishes this holiday season. Uh, Jim Melcher. P.S. My most recent FPP store order was delivered so fast, it came to my doorstep on Sunday. <laughs> So that's service. Yeah. I wish I could take credit for that. <laughs> I guess the, the, over the holidays, the Postal Service was just, you know, extra time. Ready? Yeah. 1944, that's from... Everybody get their nuts chewed. <laughs> uh. I'm, saving, I'm saving some for later, Squirrel Style. Yeah, so we're talking about the Camera Comics cover, but if you just Google mm-hmm. Camera Comics number three... Just the color of the graphics alone are beautiful in this. I'd love to have a framed picture of this. Yeah, like a wall. 24 by 36 just hanging yeah. up. Yeah. Mm. That's just awesome. Now, now we're all going to be competing we for like are, the I same know. five exactly. that are on there. Let's see. Yeah. Quickly, four, to four eBay. 300, right? And then I don't have... uh, Matt, how would you like to read the letter? Oh, oh yeah. Let's yeah, uh-huh. shopping on no, eBay. No, I'm not going to find camera comics. <laughs> <laughs> this, gentleman, this gentleman thinks that we're not going to be able to pronounce his name. But unbeknownst to him, we all have been watching Peter Sellers' Inspector Clouseau movies. So, of course, we know how to pronounce his name because we all have Peter Sellers' uh, voice in our heads screaming, Francois! Francois! (laughs) It is against the law for you to play your musical instrument. The law? What? You play that thing and people give you the money. 
Hey, Mike, just wanted to send you and the rest of the FPP gang, all your listeners, my very best wishes on a happy 2015. May the year bring you all good health and lots of love, a roof over your head and plenty of food. Let's not forget a nice stash of film and all the inspiration needed to shoot it. Now, concerning the last show where Leslie talked about Tamron lenses, I got a few things to add. Uh-oh. It's not that I want you to get gas, <laughs> not that you need any more, but I have a famous Tamron SP 17 millimeter lens, and it's I, quite wonderful. I have one too, yep. and he is. They're fantastic. They are beautiful mm-hmm. because they're not, they're full frame. Yeah. They're not fisheye. And it's 3.5 or 4? 3.5, I yeah. believe, yes. Yeah, it's just a little bit faster mm. than the Nikon in the same one, and that's why everybody loved it. Yeah. I only know that because of uh, working the used camera counter. There you go. Yep. They Very still cool. bring a fine dollar, you know. It's they actually, the, those Tamrons, yeah, they hold their value mm-hmm. pretty, the older Tamrons right. with the universal mounts. Yeah, they sure do. That's All right. Cool. Yeah, that's um Excellent lens. So I know it's expensive, but after using it for years, I'm starting to think that it's worth every penny. The thing that differs wildly from all our 17 millimeter lenses is it's completely corrected for barrel distortion. So mm-hmm. it's also known as a rectilinear lens. Ah. You know, when you use a regular ultra wide angle lens, every straight line that doesn't cross the center of the frame usually starts curving wildly. But this isn't the case with the, with the Tamron 17. No matter where you put it on the horizon line, it just stays straight. It makes a huge difference in your images because you're not playing around with it after the fact. And you often don't get it with modern corrected lenses unless you spend a whole gob of money. <laughs> Were you talking about that recently with the, this, this lens? Not that, I don't think. Okay. Maybe. It was, it was a while back, mm-hmm. but this is a recent letter. So right. It might just be catching up. So, but No, I think we all agree that Tamron lens is pretty sweet. Thanks to the fantastic shoe, it's much better now that you've... <laughs> you fixed the mixer. <laughs> yeah. They, they might, that, I think people oh, like well. hearing you, Mark. It's cheers from the south of Montreal, Francois. Nice. The guy's name who's probably unpronounceable for Americans just no, called me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thanks to the Pink Panther movies. Monsieur, don't try to be funny with me. Here's your monkey, therefore it is your money. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Mark is going to be talking about a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Kodak Vision 3 35mm film. And you've heard some chatter right here on the Film Photography Podcast, and you may be saying, what is it? It is 35mm motion picture film, the very same film shot in Hollywood, and the FPP is buying this film direct from Eastman Kodak. I've been cutting it down into 27 exposure cartridges. Why? Because the film is so awesome, and although there are other great Kodak stocks out there like Ektar and Portra, we all like freedom freedom of of choice. choice. The idea that we could pop a new film or a new-to-us film into our camera and experience what it's like to shoot. And the three films that are currently available right here in the FPP store, they're all Kodak Vision 3 films. The first is 50D. That's a daylight film, 50 ISO. It's amazing because it's so crisp. And the vision stocks capture so much detail in the shadow areas. It's a wonderful film. For a little boost, I recommend the 250D. That's a 250 ISO film that gives you a little more speed. Most remarkable is the 500T film. This is a tungsten indoor light based film. Perfect, perfect film if you're a event photographer or shooting indoors, let's say in a family dinner situation or something that's indoors or where there's mixed light, but most of it is indoor light. Now, this 500T film 
with an 85 filter orange filter over your lens can also be shot in daylight so it's an incredibly versatile awesome film for those who need some speed in the past what has kept these films out of our hands is the notorious Ramjet. This is the black carbon based layer that's on the non-emotion side of the film that's designed to help the film in transport when it's in a 35mm motion picture camera. And this has kept this film out of our hands because there was no way to process it. But now, for those of you who are using our very own Unicolor C41 kit, you could process it at home. We have instructions right on our website, the additional step you need to do if you are processing yourself. But the biggest breaking news is that if you're not processing yourself, which is probably the majority of folks who are listening right now, you could shoot this film and send it to the Little Film Lab in California. That's right, the Little Film Lab. And each roll of Vision 3 film, whichever flavor you like, We'll ship out with a piece of paper of where you can send this for processing. Mind-numbing news because we can now all try the Kodak Vision 3 film. And you're going to be hearing about it here on the FPP. So get shooting and stay tuned. Thank you much. I will let you off this time with just a warning. Thank you, Monsieur Argent. But you must get yourself a proper license. First thing tomorrow. Try to do something about your filthy monkey. <laughs> hey, we're back. Hey. Mark is going to talk about... Uh, we're going to have two books of this month. So in the early portion of the show, right now, Mark is going to talk about a book. Take it away, Mark. Today's book of... Today's the first book of the month uh, is... The most gas enabling tome you will ever find. It's called the yes. McCune's Price Guide to Antique and Classic Cameras. Also known as the Used Camera Bible. Bible. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, this is the size. It's, it's actually. <laughs> it's fantastic. It, yeah, it's, it's misleading when you look at a picture of it online. I had it on Amazon. I stuck yeah, you it think in it's my. It's just like a, a pocket. Yeah, book. I thought yeah. it was like a book. It's literally like New York City phone book circa 1989. Yeah, like textbook, yeah. And uh, phone book, kids, you can ask your parents what a phone book is, but it's a huge, <laughs> huge book. It's 1,200 and some pages long. Essentially, every camera ever made, a picture of each, a little description of each, and then, for what it's value. worth, yeah. approximate value as of 10 to 15, 15-ish years ago. So the prices are, are mostly not very good, but... It'll give you a rough idea. If you see a camera in here that says it's worth $5, it's pretty much going to be worthless. If you see a camera in here that says it's worth $10,000, buy that one. Now you can Google it and check yeah, it Yeah, you can <laughs> check eBay and see what it's actually going for. But The Google. It's the most gas-inducing thing I've ever seen. You can literally flip to any random page. I want that. I want this. Yeah, I like, want that. I've never that. heard of that before. Oh, there's a, there's a company called Merkel. Oh, here's a company called Metropolitan. Oh, here's a company called Micro Precision. You know, that just every single page is a, is a company you've never heard of and dozens of cameras you've never heard of before that do things you've never seen a camera do Crazy. before and it makes you want all of them. Can cameras, look at that. Yeah. Ico's can cameras. Look at the one below it. Yeah, yeah the Ico <laughs> tire camera. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. pretty much anything you can imagine is in this book. Do you have time to do anything else in your life? I would imagine you only have your nose <laughs> in that book. This is just like, a, like I just kind of open to a random page and then kind of flip through like, oh, I actually got yeah, that one. Got that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I open to a boring page. Oh. But um, yeah, I just kind of flip through and 
Here's, so then, like, I happen to open this random page. Um, Gandolfi. Oh, what the heck is Gandolfi? Oh, Gandolfi here's is a, little, a great camera maker. Yeah, a little yeah. history of Gandolfi cameras. Here's the cameras that they made. Garland, right next to that. Gatto, right next to that. Galmont. Like, it's just... Oh, my God. It's almost like they're alphabetical. What? It's, yeah, it's, it's using some sort of... Uh, beautiful to look at. It, it allows you to look up cameras that you may have or you're familiar with and find it's, variations or... Maybe a little bit to trivia. Or if you're Mark, it's just a giant wish list. There, there's almost, <laughs> yeah. almost every time an image to go with the description. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, makes it's amazing. Even worse, of course. Are there yeah. uh, um, Instamatics in there as well, or no? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, there's there a are. Whole, there's a whole section pages of Instamatics. Yeah. yeah. Like actually, just for fun, I looked up the uh, Minolta Maxims, and the, the entry in the in this book for Minolta Maxims, which they haven't made for years, says, "Hey, check out these cool new cameras, Minolta's." Making well, time, only time will tell what they'll be worth because oh. the, the book is so old that that was still right. you know that was still a current model. So, um, but yeah, anything you could really imagine. Here's, so, yeah, here's so, the Instamatic page. Oh, so, here's all so when you received this as a gift, you didn't know what it was because you didn't expect the book to be that big. Yeah, I mean, I got this wrapped package that weighed seven pounds, not occurring to me that it was a book. I thought it was a some sort of a board game or something. I, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be That's a beautiful page, all those Instamatic <laughs> cameras. That. Tiles of... But so, like, as I was saying, a perfect example, these are all cameras that they take 126 film, film that was still in production when this book was written, and the value for pretty much all of them is $1 to $10, $1 to $10. So even back then... Right, we're not worth they, much. These are still worth $1 to $10, even though you can't get the film for them anymore. So, yeah, that's, that's a good example. But it gives you a rough idea what, you know, sort of generally what things are worth, and it can give you an idea of things that were around it. Like, oh... And, and a lot I, of times they'll tell you also what film... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, a lot so of people will come in asking about just random, it's a random folder. Cameras. I don't know the film. Yep. They don't realize it's printed inside. Or the maybe first it time I saw that book, I was asking Leslie oh. a question. She said, "Let me check that for you." Uh huh. Boom! On the table it goes. <laughs> Already post-it noted and ready to go. Let's yeah. move it to this section. And then uh, I also am very familiar with the book because uh, the boys at Midwest uh, Midwest Photo Exchange have it at the used counter, yep. just ready for uh, when we need to play Antiques Roadshow on something. Except downplay the numbers that are in there. Mm-hmm. When cover up that part yeah. when you're Considerably. showing it to the customer. Oh, that, no, that's, yeah. that's not the camera. It's the $5. Yeah, one. exactly. Yeah. No, they're showing the prices in uh, rupees. That's, uh, <laughs> that's pesos. <laughs> and what's the name of this book again? McCune's, M-C-K-E-O-W-N, apostrophe S. Officially, it's called McCune's Price Guide to Antique and Classic Cameras. Um, I'm looking at the, you know, I have the list of stuff that's on the show. You had emailed, you know, some topics. It's this is Book of the Whatever. <laughs> book of the Whatever. Whatever we're using it. Yeah, whatever we're going to use it for. But Book of the Millennium. And how it's, could the listener find this? Uh, I actually, uh, this um, was purchased through Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon. It's not... It hasn't actually been <laughs> published. I think uh, the, the last publishing run of these might have been 2004. So they're just okay. sort of sitting in a warehouse. Uh, there's talk of another edition coming out uh, eventually. It with was, digital cameras? Hmm, uh, question. That, I would say no, just because it would be so easily outdated. It wouldn't, yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't think so. Although when this came out, I mean, the latest film cameras were put into it. So yeah. maybe. It says 2005, 2006 on the spine. Well, it was published, yeah, I think it was, it was published in 2004 to be like the blue book for those couple of years. Yep. And then they just never came out with the with the following version of it. But, uh, is there a hardcover edition? Mine's hardcover, but it's the series, the one before. At that time, it was offered two ways, and since I could buy it wholesale, I did. But but I don't know at this point because I can't imagine the cost to produce that book. Yeah. Yeah. Now at this point, you're just sort of just taking see, what you can get. I'm looking to see if it actually has a price, a, like an original MSRP. I don't know. I, yeah. So on Amazon, it's going for. 
about $90, I think. And I think I, I checked a week or so ago, and it wasn't even in stock anymore. So, Oh, another very good source for books is called Abe or abebooks.com because they source the entire world for them. It may be a good source for that one too. Right. So very sure you can get it on eBay or I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure you can find it on. But yeah, great, great book. Thank if, you for, if you're a camera collector mm. or a camera hoarder. Thank you very much, Mark. Sure. Since we're talking about books, and I see oh. Matt has his book ready. Oh no, we can we can do it later. It's oh really? Yes. Yeah. All right, we'll do it later. All right. Now he's now he feels shy. Yeah, let's talk about cameras. Yeah, why don't we? Uh, you know, why don't we? Going to take a break, and then we're going to roll in a segment that uh, our good friend Rick Paul recorded. He is our resident Nikon guy, mm-hmm. and he is doing a report on Nikon. And then when, when Rick's segment is uh, finished, we're going to come back, and uh, Leslie has a Nikon photo mic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, Leslie, uh, you came up with this word, and I think it's true. The FPP is somewhat of a film boutique these days. It is a boutique, otherwise known <laughs> as a boutique in Ohio. And it kind of just happened by chance. I started getting very interested in unusual 35-millimeter film, film that's not available in cartridges, film that's only available on bulk big reels, which there is sort of like, a, you know, there's a buzz on the Internet. There's a circle on the Internet of uh, men and women who roll their own film. I have to tell you, like me, most people don't. Till now. Well, till... (laughs) I mean, most people don't. I did, and I was scared of the whole process. Mm. But I've conquered that. I've mastered the art of rolling film into cartridges. (laughs) So you can play them in your (laughs) your 35-millimeter camera. Feed your camera. Yeah, you can feed your camera. And that opens up a whole new world. The Film Photography Podcast Store, which is filmphotographystore.com and 35-millimeter. If you click on 35-millimeter, you'll see an unusual variety of films that we are hand-rolling. And it's pretty cool. The Fuji It, which is IT-N. It's another copy film. It's C41. I believe it has an ISO of 20. I think it's unique that you can get black and white film that's green. Oh, the black and, and white black film, and white that's, film green. that's red. Yeah, some some of the films have an unusual U to them. Some are very thin, uh, like the Polypan F. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a silky smooth, dreamy mm, black and white film from Germany. And use you it and get it, a glow. Yeah, you get, get your glow on. You do. So if you're shooting a subject or a building and there's a, a good key light, you'll get like a glow. Yeah, glow. As of late, the newest is, of course, uh, exploring the Eastman Kodak motion picture line of films. Mm -hmm. Like the Eastman Double X. Double Double X. X. Extra bold. And this is an awesome film because it's rich and it's bold. Large tonal range. Large tonal range. Processing is uh, standard. Hey, John. Hi, what are we talking about? Uh, FPP store. Oh, Project Double X.org. Oh, Project Double X. Project hyphen double hyphen X.org. If you double hyphen. if you Google yeah. Eastman Double X five two two two, you will get the site. This is a very it's, it's a very elaborate. Yes, the Google. It's a very well His, thought history out history about developing data formulas, examples, resources, suppliers. This yeah. is one of the exciting films in the uh, hand rolled FPP film Boutique. What are you saying, <laughs> Boutique? What is that mean? Boutique. Uh. Folks out there listening, we ship internationally. I would love to ship you some some fresh, unusual film uh, for you to try in your 35mm camera. Mm-hmm. We're here to support you and help you out, so if you have any questions about it, we're going to do our best color. We can send right over to our good friends at thedarkroom.com. Thanks, and filmphotographystore.com. 
This is Rick Paul, your FPP Nikon guy. Today I'm here to talk to you about the Nikon F6 camera. If you've been keeping track of the reviews I've been giving you on Nikon film bodies, you'll notice I've skipped the F5. Uh, the reason I'm skipping the F5 is I don't own an F5 yet, and uh, I'm only reviewing cameras for you that I've owned or, or physically used. So later this year I'll get an F5 and I'll review that one. But for today we're going to talk about the F6. The F6 is, is unlike most other film cameras we talk about on the Film Photography Podcast because it's still in production. You can go to B&H's website and you can order a brand new one today. They're, they're still available. They're still being produced. To look at the history of the F6, if you go back to the early 2000s, 35mm film was already starting to be replaced by digital in journalism. Nikon went about creating the F6. They already realized this. They decided to take it in a different angle. They designed it to appeal instead, rather than to professional journalists, to um, more affluent amateur photographers who wanted to own the best and were willing to pay for it. Uh, so they set out to make the F6 for a very different customer than the F5. So they designed it to be, you know, the F6 to be the smoothest, most refined SLR they'd ever created. And I think if you ever hold one, you'll find they, they succeeded. So some of the features of the F6, it's, it really has some features you won't find on any other film SLR. And you'll actually find features that are uh, more similar to what you'd find on a, on a digital SLR. To start with, it has a very full, bright, 100% viewfinder. This is one thing that everyone who picks up an F6 notices right off. They're just blown away by the viewfinder. It has a infallible color matrix exposure meter. Um, the meter on this camera is just incredible. It just seems to produce perfect exposures regardless of what how crazy the lighting situation is that you throw at it. Uh, one nice feature is that color matrix metering works with older Nikon lenses, the non-CPU uh, AI type Nikkor lenses. So those older 70s lenses, it, it still works with the color matrix metering. You get three uh, metering modes with it. You have the matrix metering, you have center weighted, and you have spot metering. There's a little dial up on the prism to switch between those. It has an 11 area wide autofocus uh, sensor with nine cross type sensors. It's known as the Multicam 2000 module. This is actually the same module that was used in the Nikon D2X digital camera. The D2X and the F6 were both created around the same time frame. The shutter on the F6 is really rather amazing. Uh, the shutter speeds are one eight thousandth of a second down to 30 seconds and that is a stepless shutter you get stepless speeds um, as long as you're in the program mode or the aperture priority mode if you go into um, shutter priority or manual mode you get one-third steps another nice feature of the f6 which is again more akin to a digital camera is it records and logs um, full exif data for every image you take it has an internal memory so all the exposure information is being stored in the camera and then you can offload that data onto a cf card with a little accessory card reader they have called the mv1 i have this card reader and it's really pretty nifty unlike previous f series models the f6 does not have a removable prism uh, but it really doesn't need one again there were making this F6 for a different group of photographers, and they really didn't find on this previous F4 and F5 that a lot of people were really buying the, the other accessory viewfinders. So they decided to go with a fixed uh, viewfinder on this. It's also a smaller body. It's back to the F3 and F4 where the grip uh, the vertical grip was an accessory you could add on. For the F6, you can get the MB10 vertical grip. It's a very, very solid grip. Once it attaches, it really the camera feels like it's one solid piece. It's very nice. Uh, one th nice thing about the vertical grip is it can use standard AA batteries or it can use EN EL4 rechargeable batteries, uh, which were used in various Nikon cameras, including the uh, 
the, the D3 series. So it's a pretty common Nikon battery. The camera does um, high-speed shooting at about five and a half frames per second. Uh, when you put the vertical grip on, you get eight frames per second. So pretty, pretty incredible. One nice thing, I really enjoy this feature. It's got a built-in data back function. If you remember back to the earlier days of professional cameras, you could change out the back on the back of the camera to imprint shooting data within the picture. The nice thing about the F6 is yes, you can still imprint the data on the image itself. It will also print it in between the frames so it doesn't interrupt your picture. Um, this is what I do with all my pictures. So when I develop my negatives along the edge between each frame, I have the exposure data right there I can see. That's also kind of a nice feature. The camera has custom settings for 41 functions. A lot of things you can change about this camera and the way it operates. For example, a one feature I have turned on, if you're shooting a roll of 36, you can tell the camera to automatically rewind after the 36th exposure. So you always get you know the same amount of pictures for every roll. You always get 36 exposures every time. And I kind of like that. I'm not always too worried about that 37th and 38th exposure you might get on a long roll. I like getting the, the perfect 36 every time. It has automatic or manual rewind. When it gets to the end of the roll, it'll automatically rewind it. Or you can do manual rewind. If it's a roll you want to do slower or it's you want to be quiet about it, um, you can set it so it only does the manual rewind. Shooting data can be displayed on a rear LCD panel. It's just a black and white LCD panel. That data I was talking about that you can export, you can also view it on the back of the camera. So after you've taken a few pictures, you can say, hey, what did I just do for that last picture? You can pull it up and you can look at the data and see the shooting data for that picture. Again, it's it's really kind of neat. The F6 is compatible with every Nikon lens made since 1977, and even earlier ones, if you get it, what's called AI converted. For $114, Nikon will modify your F6 so that it'll work on every Nikon lens made since 1959. In, in summary, if, if you're looking for just the ultimate in film cameras and you want a brand new film camera, the F6 is truly the ultimate uh, film SLR. Hey, and if any of you are coming to the FPP walking workshop in March, uh, I'm planning on being there and I'm going to bring my F6 with me. So I'll give you a chance to hold it and, and take a look at it. Hope to see you there. Back to you, Michael. Hey, we're back. I want to thank Rick for that segment. Thank you very much. Very awesome. What I didn't mention, which I need to mention really fast, because uh, Rick Paul, our resident Nikon guy, will be at the Film Photography Podcast Walking Workshop 2015. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> They're talking about the darkroom guys renting a bus. Yes. For the portion of the day, we all get on a FPV bus and drive to the center of town. Like a hop-on, hop-off photo yep. walk. I think they're going to paint it like a box camera, too. It's like you should make a giant, a giant pinhole street. camera. The driver drives by looking at the back wall of the bus. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, uh, our good friend Rick Paul, he is in California, and he will be attending the Film Photography Podcast Walking Workshop 2015, held at The Dark Room, thedarkroom.com, of course, our good friends at The Lab on the West Coast, and we are having this joyous event in San Clemente, California on March 14th, that's a Saturday, and the spillover, because it's going to be so festive, will be <laughs> Sunday, March 15th, and that will include, oh boy, a meet and greet with us, the FPP folks, There'll be donuts and coffee and all sorts of good stuff, <laughs> of course. Moon pies, maybe. <laughs> Tim Tams. I'm sure oh, I'll yeah. ship some Tim Tams. Uh, I have a funny feeling that uh, Matt Marash is going to ship some Mr. Brown out. <laughs> there will definitely be some Mr. Brown. <laughs> good chance, though. Uh, we're going to be broken it into small groups 
all day long because we all can't get the lab tour at once. So we're going to get a full lab tour. We're going to have our amazing 2015 FPP camera giveaway. And anyone that was at uh, the walking workshop last year in Finlay knows a tricky tray. A what? A tricky tray. I actually never heard of that (laughs) up until a couple years ago. I never heard that term before. Uh, The folks at the Dark had no idea what we're talking about. We have tables and tables of giveaway cameras. And at the the beginning of the day, Leslie will be giving out tickets. It's a two-sided ticket with the same number on each side. And it's perforated. So you rip it in half. And you see something you may want to win, you're like, oh, I would love to own that uh, Nikon photo mic camera. Drop it in the cup. <laughs> you see a Polaroid camera you'd like to own? Drop it in the cup. You may be the only one in the cup. That's right. Woohoo! Then you are the winner. But if it's a photo mic, there might be two or three in there. Yeah, I bet. We're going to have a processing uh, film and processing goodie bag giveaway. Or mm-hmm. we'll Q&A with us, the staff, and the staff of the darkroom. Questions you may find answers to there at the dark room walk chat shoot street photography in beautiful san clemente i'm understanding we may be boarding a bus (laughs) (laughs) they'll ship us to san francisco if they don't like us sunday one way (laughs) uh, we're gonna be talking about medium format if you've never shot medium format we're gonna we're gonna unravel all the mysteries literally I'm going to take a roll of film and un- just unspool it before your eyes. Like, Here it is. This is it. This is how it gets taped. This is the, what the back and paper looks like. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go to filmphotographypodcast.com, our website, and just click on the event. You'll see it. And if this is an archive, if you're listening to this show in the year 2013. <laughs> what? <laughs> that'd, be a fu- that'd be a future show. Okay, let's be a little more. If you're listening to this show. Go farther into the future, I think. That, that makes it more... <laughs> If it's the More year impressive. 2050 and you're listening there to this go. show, you just want to go to our website, filmphotographyproject.com, and just type in the search, type in uh, Walking Workshop 2015, and you can read about all the fun that we had. <laughs> so I just want everyone to join us. Uh, thank you, Rick Paul. He'll be there, our resident uh, Nikon guy, which brings us to our next segment, which I've been mispronouncing on purpose because it just sounds fun. <laughs> And Nikon people probably don't think it's that funny. <laughs> An Nikon Photomic. Well, this is the F2 model, and I may have to have some corrections. I'm not an old Nikon person. An F fell into my lap, you know. And F. F. F fell into my lap. And you guys, I think, always comment about my little escapades in Finlay. I had a phone call about a cache of equipment. Some Nikon, some Rolly. Would you come over? I don't buy cameras. Would you come over? <laughs> Some us- rollies, and I you didn't usually, want to go over? I usually take a friend with me, and I'm glad he didn't because he'd have given it all away. Because I went in, and here's this table, and uh, there's three F2s, there's two Fs, original boxes, original accessories. There's that gorgeous roll of flex in there, and all kinds of stuff. And um, it's so funny how demanding I got to take it out of there. Yeah bucks for him you know, whatever you have a pen carry him out to my car for me sure 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 and out they went type of thing but anyway I, i've never had an f2 before and what makes this a photomic is the uh the head that's on the top the mm-hmm. metered head because there were numerous but anyway the f2 and I, I really hate to say that this is an upgrade from the f they are both they share some parts but it really is a camera in its own right there's, there is differences in it. 
Um, evolution of the uh, the evolution. It was introduced in 1971, discontinued in 1980. That's a nine year run for a camera. It's a lot for that time. It's just amazing. Yeah. And this is all metal. It's all mechanically controlled. Every spring, gear, lever, manual focus, manual exposure. You put two batteries in the camera, but it doesn't do a thing on the camera. They run only the meter in that head. So you do not have to have batteries in this to operate it. Great. In fact, when they introduced the new F3, it was electronic, one of the first electronic. Pros were not having it. They were not sure about it. It was not tested. They paid more for used F2s than new F3s. It's uh, kind of cool. You can look at your serial number. This one, uh, and it's, it's pretty accurate. This one appears like it was made in 1978. It's the first two digits, and not always the case, but it'll get you pretty close. I've put a couple extra accessories on mine. It did not come with a hot shoe on it, but it came with a hot shoe adapter. Fits over the rewind. Oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. It just slides on. That's a original Nikon piece of equipment there. Whereas we constantly thought of the Nikon F as the Vietnam camera, so heavily used there. Mm-hmm. This is really considered the journalist camera. Newspapers, magazines. This was just standard equipment. They still all work today. The lubricants and the grease in here doesn't gum up. These things just keep going and going and going. It's very, very accurate. So it's still a really nice camera to, to pick up and use. But there are differences between the F and the, the F2. The F had that slide-off back. This is a hinged back, more like we're used standard, to now. Yeah. So now it does not take three hands to change your film. <laughs> It also goes up to two thousandths of a second on the shutter speed. That's faster. As low as 10. Then there's bulb. And one of the cool things about this, some of the shutter speeds on here on the dial are in green. That's because you can literally set them in between and Whoa, get any shutter speed. You don't know what it is. It doesn't read it out on the inside that you're 1, 1,500. But so any of those green numbers, you can set it in between. Flash thinks at 180. It does have a mirror lockup. The original did not, I believe. Depth of field preview. The accessories for this is amazing. The reflex mirror in this is bigger than the F2, so it's a little brighter view. Like I said, it takes no power unless you're powering the meter. It has, I don't know how many different photomic style or plane heads that go on there. There's an eye level. There's a waist level. And because most of the people got these with the metered heads, they never got the eye level. Those are pricey. Mm -hmm. That's a rare piece of equipment that they just thought they were upgrading, and now it's, it's expensive to find on eBay. There are numerous screens. This is cool because this one still has the K on the shutter button. The K matched the box and told me it had this one came with a K screen. Oh, I thought someone just stuck a Circle K sticker on no, there. No, no, it's not the Circle K. <laughs> <laughs> a big center-weighted 12-millimeter circle. You get that circle anywhere close to gray or a mix of light and dark. Your exposure is nailed and good. It's, it's your home. It's just nailed. So the backs are what I found that was interesting, too, because there are replaceable backs on this. There are six of them, including a 100-shot, a 100-foot roll of film back. Imagine that. 750 shots if you don't cut the film out and process That's crazy. it. 750 shots. Oh, got to change film. Yeah, where would you, send that? Would, would you send that? Would you send that to like a movie house or just a specialty darkroom process for that? Uh, that? You know, at that time, it was easier to get those long rolls done because people were doing football films. Mm. A lot of labs did longer lengths of rolls. especially. That's cool. The 16, were the 200, were there 100 foots too, I think. 
for 16 millimeter that they used a lot of time for high school football. 100 foot, yeah. 100 yeah. foot and 400 feet. So, okay. so would news people use those those big backs you or know, like a I'm war really photographer? Not sure who or? would use something? Uh, if, um, if you like march on Washington or something, it's yeah, a, like I, a full day of events. I guess oh, it's, okay. it's shoot, there. shoot, 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 shoot. Wow. That's crazy to admit. That's got to be but huge. It, but there's a oh, there's a better one. It's called the Speed Magni. So here is the finest camera you can buy in the 70s. SLR 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. What's the limit? 35 millimeter. Well, to do 120 or bigger. The Speed Magni allowed you to shoot four by five with this. What? Or. <laughs> Polaroid three by four film. Was it a stitch back? Or what was it, it? it it actually comes down with a mirror and goes down below, and you can use standard four by five film holders and shoot four by five. That is crazy. It is crazy. You, you just had a room full of people saying, "Come up with something weird." You we know, need some PR. <laughs> right. This this camera, as many of these Nikon systems were, if you get down with some Nikon people, you could do a whole show on this stuff. But when I started researching this camera, I, I just kept getting more and more excited about it. owning one of these. There's a lot of stuff on here. If it's really a great camera for a first-time 35 film shooter, maybe not. You pick this up and you use this thing, you kind of remember those glorious days of manual cameras. Uh, this, the design, the whole function, the comfort of using it. Everything is right where it should be. It is truly, uh, I think, one of the cameras... Uh, that really need to be noted for SLR photography and manual photography. Just an awesome camera. It was so truly personalized to you. It's just amazing. Wow. Wow. Thank and you. And it's a weapon. Yeah, it's, it has a it, lot of sharp be, edges. It's beefy. Actually, yeah. One thing I find, though, I want is I want, I think because it's so heavy, grip. I want to add a, a hand grip to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep reaching for that. But um, yeah, I'm sure they had it at the time. It was probably one of the accessories. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's the Nikon F2 Photomic because of the head I have on it. It's called an F2 by itself without the Photomic heads. Have you shot with it? I have. <laughs> Beautiful. And where'd you get this? You know what I shot? Very first thing I shot in here? What? Vision 500T. Some daylight, some otherwise. Just incredible. And this this wonderful little cache, they all had one four lenses on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, nice. Mm-hmm. It's a beaut. It is a beaut. It's a beaut. You own one of those, Mark? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah. yeah. Have you shot with it? Yeah, I love it. I spent all last summer, all I shot with was uh, F2 and F3. That was my summer cameras. And you have the photo mic with yours? Or no? Yep. I have the Photomic F2 and, yeah, the F3, obviously, which is meter two. Wow. And I think I have a black F2, too, which is really Ooh, sexy looking. Yes. All black. Wow. <laughs> Thank you very much, Leslie. You're welcome. This concludes our Nikon segment for this show. <laughs> and we'll be back right after this. Hey, the dark room is a lab on the West Coast. And these days, because, you know, you're, we're all shooting film, but, you know, the big question is, where do I bring my film to get processed? The darkroom is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. films. 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10 film. Wow. One-stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. Uh, 120, 220, 35, 4x5, 8x10. The dark it's com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X-Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The Dark Room. Dot com. Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah.
Hey, I just want everyone out there to know that you could write to the Film Photography Podcast. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Right, John? Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. If you want to write a letter mm. and send stuff. Yeah, you can. You can send it to Film Photography Podcast, P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey. That's B-U-T-L-E-R-N-J 07405, USA. P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey 07405. That's the same address if you want to donate a camera, a film camera that works, or some film to the FPP. Yeah. So send it on in. Send your love, baby. Okay. It's all about back let's read a little letter look at that this is a little letter it is typewritten from a this is a little letter from a big donator ah <laughs> this is from johnny Bryan. oh hey johnny Bryan. god bless him johnny Bryan says he says enclosed are a few more cameras thank you bless you johnny Bryan. i know you will find good use for them they all have new light seals and work reasonably well Unbelievable. Wow. He put the new light seals on. Oh, I believe it. The rangefinders both had frozen shutters. I spent many hours repairing the shutters. I've been shooting some Eastman 5222 lately. That's the Eastman Double X. I like the tonality. I performed a little film test with the 5222, and the results were about like the standard recommendations. ISO 200, D76, stock, uh, 6 minutes, 45 seconds at 68 degrees. Looking forward to the fall podcast. This letter came in last year. Keep up the excellent interviews. The great thing about uh, Johnny's cameras are that when he does a repair on them, he'll put new batteries in. Then he includes a uh, Ziploc bag that has a sheet saying, Dear New Camera Owner. Sheets. Sheets. Telling them oh, all wow. the specs on the camera, what's what he did to re- refurbish it, and also a, a contact sheet of images he shot with that camera. Wow. And a lot of times there's a Xeroxed manual included, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Johnny Bryan, above, above and, beyond. and beyond. FPP super pal, Johnny <laughs> Bryan. Well, thank you, Johnny. Cool. Yeah. Here's a quick letter from Vincent Van Cleef. He says, Hi, Michael and FPP gang. There's so many reasons I love the FPP so much, and one of them is the great music you play on the show. Many times I thought, Man, they should hear the music of the treble spankers. Mm, That's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. (laughs) This awesome surf band from the Netherlands no longer exists, but their music is still here to enjoy. I want you to check out their music, click on the link, and their albums. Hashida, Honda 404 is one of my favorite tracks. There's a huge link here. All the tracks are up on the web. Hope you enjoy the music as much as I do. I'm guessing that Vincent heard the uh, Smoovachrome album. Mm. Maybe you're one of the persons who purchased the Smoovachrome album. Maybe not. <laughs> Smoovachrome by the Smooth Sailors. You could listen to that on, on uh, Spotify. That's pretty awesome. So uh, thank you, Vincent. I'm going to check out uh, the Treble Spankers. Let's hear a little clip right now.
awesome. Spanky. <laughs> Matt, how do you feel about talking about some large format stuff? Yeah, let's get let's get the little large format update. Let's see what can we talk about. Oh, oh speaking of Keith Cannon, you guys are out there looking for funky size films, eight five by seven inches and up. Go over to Keith Canham's website, canhamcameras.com, C-A-N-H-A-M, cameras.com. He's always doing uh, Kodak special order films. He's ordering T-Max, Tri-X, color films in the large and ultra-large format sizes. He's always put, he's rolling through the orders lately. Some of them, he doesn't even need the minimums anymore, pre-orders, but just head over there, check out what he's doing. He's really active on um, Facebook as well. And I know me and Mike usually share those uh, through FPP and personal. Yep, when, yep. when he has a new update but yeah the rolling in the kodak film seems to be doing really well with that give him a shout out you need a new camera made in the usa <clears throat> large format cameras he's a does an amazing job i get to see him a couple times a year at the trade shows now too yep whenever i go out west he's, and then speaking of uh, other large format stuff ilford special order 2015 comes in in uh, at the end of june so you can, uh, if you need a copy of that, we'll uh, we'll put that in the show notes. A copy of the order form. You can contact a couple different U.S. retailers, including uh, the famous Midwest Photo Exchange in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, I've Ohio. heard of them. Yeah, yeah. get Matt Marash on the phone. Yeah, yeah, dial me up. Yeah, he'll figure out who you are. Just exactly. give him a little yeah, bit. Just, just yeah, ask for work the, with him. Ask for the FPP special rates and. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll get you ordered on the special films. We had uh, we had a couple famous names. Get oh, yeah? some get some ultra large format film. A gentleman whose book I talked about last year, and who's I still have to get a copy for Miss uh, Miss Leslie Lazenby because I, I should prepay that. Yeah, I then know. Um, Mr. Uh, Gregory Heisler mm-hmm. bought some ultra large format film from us for the special uh, special order. I guess he is a collector of the circuit cameras, the, the, oh. all, oh, cool. the ultra large format panoramic. He has. Mm-hmm. One of the largest domestic collections of those, mm. according to a buddy of mine. So, yeah, uh, Ilford Special Order, get that in. It doesn't look like the prices are have gone up, so that's always good too. And uh, get those in once a year. Ships uh, ships usually August September. Sooner the better. Thank you, Matt. That is the large format report for this show. What show? We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about a camera. Hey there, FPPers. Did you know the darkroom.com now offers sheet film processing? Sheets. That's right. 4x5 and 8x10, black and white, C41, E6 processing. Nice, flat rate. Check them out, thedarkroom.com. Click on sheet film processing, fill out your form, ship it in. They'll process it, send it back, lickety split. They have excellent customer service. They do a great job. Consistent, dependable, thedarkroom.com. Check them out today. Yo! Hey, FPP listeners, some really, really great news. The FPP online store, filmphotographystore.com. We now stock darkroom supplies. So if you're already in the darkroom or if you've been thinking about it, now's the time to go to the FPP site. We are now stocking tanks and reels, Kodak D76 black and white developer, Kodak fixer, and the home C41 unicolor kit that's right you can do your very own color negative development right in your home it's so easy folks that have been listening and kind of following along as all of us here at the fpp have started doing our own color everyone has been so pleasantly surprised of how easy it really is so jump on over to the film photography project.com click the store tab and check out our darkroom supplies 
as well as all of our hand-rolled 35mm film, Kodak Laris film, Fuji film, 110 film, and of course our huge selection of 620 film. Awesome! Thanks very much. Let's get back to some show. Hey, we're back. Mark, uh, you talked about a thing, which happened to be a book. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about a camera. Well, I talked about a book that was a book. Now, this is a camera that's a box. <laughs> we'll talk about this guy. That is a box. This is a, a really interesting camera. The story behind it is very interesting. This is the um, Kodak Eastman Anniversary Camera. This came out in 1930, and what this actually was was a gift that Kodak came out with for any child in the country that was 12 years old in 1930. So basically, if you if you were born in 1918, your parents could go to any camera retailer, fill out a little piece of paper, put your name down on it, and Kodak would mail you one of these cameras for free. And I think it came with a free roll of film. It's based on the um, the Hawkeye number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a standard box camera of the time. But this one was finished in kind of a, a neat brown pebbled reptile kind of finish. And it has what used to be a gold foil label on the side that says anniversary model. This one, The one I have has been worn down to white, but you can still read it. But it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a very simple box camera. So all you can do is point it at something and mm-hmm. it takes a picture. Just the idea that Kodak would say, we're giving these to anybody who, you know, anybody who's 12 years old. They said that they were going to give out 500,000 of these cameras they ended up giving about 557,000 I think altogether wow it was a huge national campaign but just imagine that today like imagine Sony saying in honor of our 50th anniversary we're going to give every 12 year old in the country a, a point and shoot digital camera or something yeah, Apple it, giving everybody an iPhone yeah that like age, we're going to yeah. give everybody an iPod shuffle in, in honor of mm-hmm. our 25th anniversary like it's just an amazing thing that they did it was a great PR stunt for them it, it was designed to sort of motivate a whole new generation of photographers you know I guess in 1918 you have to think that these kids, when they were born in 1918, their parents were sort of there for the birth of... Yeah, they were the first generation of the yeah, Kodak. Yeah, the first yeah. generation mm-hmm. of having a camera in your house and taking pictures, although it was even still a little rare back then. But So now to just give this thing away for free, it's amazing. So have I've, you shot with it? I have, actually. Um, I took a few <laughs> test shots. It's on my it's on my photo stream. Um, it's a basic box camera. I, I shot black and white. I think I had uh, T-Max 400 in it. It's 120 size. Yeah, it's 120. Not This is pre-620, which is Great. nice. So, yeah, 120. It doesn't even have a bulb function on it. It's just a single click. Yeah, it's actually, it shoots when you flip up, shoots when you flip down. Mm -hmm. Is there even an eyepiece? Uh, There is a a little, uh, I don't know what you call that, a little framing viewfinder here on the top. It's so cloudy that... Yeah, they usually are at that age. Yeah, you can't see anything at all through They didn't put one horizontally. They usually put one horizontally on on the... uh, Hawkeyes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess on the Hawkeye number two, I guess was a cheaper model. So, yeah, it's it's pretty stripped down. You basically got your your shutter and you've got a winder on the side, and that's it. There's nothing else to it. But still, yeah. it was free. Yeah. And it truly was a limited edition mm-hmm. for them to go to the trouble to reskin, you know, or to custom skin a whole series of cameras for somebody, and then make up the little gold foil sticker on the side. It's very cool. So traditionally, do these box cameras, Kodak Brownie, you would call it, mm-hmm. uh, do they take uh, twelve uh, shots per roll of film? No, they bigger. take eight, don't they? Yeah, th- these are a six by nine, so you oh, get very eight nice. on a frame. Yeah, so the negative itself, you're you're in medium negative. format territory of yeah. medium size. They're yeah. huge. 
Yeah. Yours has a decal on the side that says F. Do you think that was a consumer added thing? Yeah, it I looks think like a Nikon F on there. Yeah. I was like, I was Frank, like to Frank Francois. <laughs> when I saw maybe. the F, I was okay. like, is that a Nikon? I mean, box it's camera? an old like, style F, and I thought maybe it's like, like an old gilt sticker. Yeah, okay. like the sticker looks like it's from the 30s, even. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, uh, I left it on there just because I kind of like the, the vintage. Now? It's not right now. No. Can I look at it? It just means the camera's F. They never are. You may actually recall last fall. I talked about going to that flea market in Delaware where I had five minutes to buy all these yes. cameras. That's where I got this. I think I paid a dollar or two for this at that flea market. Pretty cardboard. sweet. Yeah, yeah it's just is. cardboard and minimal amounts of metal. Yeah. Why? Why not? No, it says why there. <laughs> the it dealer. has the cameraman or the camera seller. And it, yeah. it's it, it, does it recommend a film? Say it's like a business uh, card. That's usually written in here. Oh, yeah. You, usually yeah, usually yeah. it says shoot Kodak, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah folks listening. So where did that one come from? This yeah. one came from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Philly. There you go. So it was close. I was, I was in Gibson. I was in Dover, Delaware, so that camera never moved very far. Folks may not know, Leslie, but any of the Kodak box cameras, I mean, all of them, because I get a lot of emails, what film, if you open the camera... They always tell you. Yeah. Always tell you inside the camera what type of film to yeah. get. If you go really old, if you go like pre-20s, you might start hitting cameras that use things like 118, 101, 102. <laughs> if you see a giant wooden dowel in there, forget about yeah. it. Yeah, 116, you can still sort of get. It's yeah. hard, but... But, yeah. it, I mean, if you see a camera that takes I, I 118, just, you're, you're screwed. I just run <laughs> 120 in it. But you know what? Well, I have... I have this a, a, one does not tell you what type of film. Oh, it doesn't? It doesn't. It just says, uh, made in the U.S., Eastern Coast, Rochester, New York, oh. patent date. 1915. I have a I have a a, a, a roll of um, 116 one in my freezer, so I can roll my own. That's all. Yeah, it's just a it's just kind of a neat thing that, that really Kodak is. did back in the day. And you can you know pick these up for ten or twenty dollars on eBay. The fact that it was a limited edition, but they made five hundred thousand of them. Uh, you know they're not that hard to find. Sweet. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for that segment. Sure. When we come back, we're going to be reading a letter that will deal with film troubleshooting in your camera. We'll be back. Hey, everybody. You know, back in 2010, yes, way back Back in 2010, 2010. I started chatting about like, hey, why doesn't FPP, why don't we make our own 620 spools? Because at the time, back in 2010, it was so difficult to find a 620 spool. And of course, 620 film is nothing more than 120 film. It's the same film. The only difference is the 120 spool and the 620 spool are different. 620 spools are much thinner and they fit into the old Kodak brownies, some of the Ansco cameras, and just some of the 1950s, 1960s cameras that quote-unquote took 620 film. You can get authentic, newly produced, mold-injected 620 spools right in the FPP store, filmphotographystore.com. So you can now roll any of your favorite 120 films right onto a 620 spool. Or if you don't want to roll, you could just buy 620 film right in our store world's largest selection of 620 films and it's growing every day get out those kodak brownies you will be amazed at the amazing images that can be made on those old kodak brownies get out your 620 film 2014 2015 and beyond 620 film thank you much 
we're back. Now, if you read this letter, <laughs> all right. This is a two-side letter. You start here, okay. Then the conclusion is here. <laughs> oh boy, wow! It's a this puzzle. This is from our Table good music. friend Mark O'Brien, who was using FPP uh, black and white 200 film. Mm-hmm. This was the mysterious film that we thought was Ilford film, the surveillance film that the FPP purchased in large quantities from a U.S. surveillance, like a security company. C- come to the conclusion we think it's a FOMA. FOMA manufactured film because of the blue base. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mark was testing some and he ran into some difficulty. Uh-oh. But he, Mark's very good at troubleshooting and this will kind of open our, our eyes to whenever you get a film back and it's like fogged, sometimes you think it's the film. Like, oh, was my film fogged? Oh. But many times, in most cases, it is the camera. Mm-hmm. Could be the lab, but Mark's the lab. So Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, I've been shooting the FPP FOMA question mark 200 <laughs> and so far it seems not a single roll has been devoid of problems. Uh-oh. The last two rolls have been fogged halfway up down the frame and the first time I thought it was due to a problem with an untested camera, but the latest roll exhibits the same problem, and I know the back is fine. Nothing I've done in the bulk loading roll procedure is any different from any of the other films I use. Has anyone else had this problem? We could do a clip test later this evening for a piece of bulk roll and see if it shows any problem. Ah, smart. Mm-hmm. Side B. Well, I spooled out a photo of the film in the dark, loaded reel, and developed for six minutes in D76, and it was just fine, which is good. Now to see where the trouble lies on my end. I'm going to load another camera from a roll that I re-spooled same as others. Maybe I have some bum cassettes. Always possible. Mm, yeah. yeah. So um, one big thing, and the reason why they're basically disposable, the reloadable cassettes, especially the, the cheaper plastic ones. The ones that come ones, apart. Yeah, the cheaper plastic ones. I can't remember who, who we sell the ones by. But you the, the seals. Yeah, call. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the seals on those can just... Just go at any time. Rough Storage, yeah. yeah. Disintegrate exactly. usually with uh, mm-hmm. moisture and then into really dry. Um, I always tell folks they just have a, a limit. You know, use them five, three, three to five times and just throw them out because they're 59 cents or whatever for a cassette. But, yeah, that's usually what happens on those. Or, you know, sometimes if you might not think it's a bright light situation, but with a film that doesn't ha- that has a very thin base, especially like any FOMA film, takes a little light, goes a long way, especially with uh, with those and bulk loading and just a little little streak of light can really go down uh, down far, even when bulk loading. But I'm thinking it might be the, the cassette that it's it's feeding into if it's that consistent mm-hmm. along the roll. I thought this was a flash question because I see all these flat... Yeah. <laughs> it was just recycled paper. I see all these like flash cords and stuff on the other side. Thank you, Mark. Thank God it was in the film. Yes. <laughs> I have like thousands of rolls of this film and it would have been like a real horror to think that some of it was leaked but like how do you not know knowing which yeah yeah and uh, we sell the film in the fpp online store it's some of the cheapest film we have available you can get a hundred foot roll for i think i think 49.99 oh my god what are you waiting for it's very (laughs) it's very pushable too even though it's a 200 speed i've shot this stuff at 800 fantastic results check it out it's the cheapest film you could buy and you'll have a lot of fun with it it's a surveillance (laughs) film and, and as leslie has pointed out it's great to do some night photography with long exposures because that's what the film was designed for uh we're going to take a break and while you're listening to the break we're going to be talking amongst ourselves as to whether we're going to be ending the show or doing another segment (laughs) take a vote (laughs) and we'll be right back Nikon F501 
Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, and a huge thank you to folks out there who have donated to the FPP over the last few months or year. If you love the FPP and really dig the podcast and continued blogs, videos, then please consider donating to the Film Photography Project. And you could do so very easily by either finding a camera, a film camera that works, and consider donating it to the show. Do you have any excess film that you're not shooting? Or if you can make a contribution, you could easily do that on the FPP Film Photography Project site and click Donate. Everything that's received is used for the Film Photography Project and its podcast for our monthly giveaways and any monies that are made in the FPP store just fuel the podcast. Let's keep these shoes going. The Film Photography Podcast. It's here for you. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. And you know what? Yeah, we forgot about the second book of the month, or as Mark calls it, the book of the whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And this book is presented by Mr. Matt Mirage. Take it away, Matt. What is it called? Hey, uh, this is The Contact Sheet. This is a book printed by Ammo, I guess. Oh, American Modern Books. Uh, They're out of L.A., uh, this is one of those uh, retail uh, runovers that ended up at half price books. I was like three ninety. I can I can swing three ninety nine for a new book. Yeah. Looks pretty cool. Uh, so it basically just it, the the book covers the fact that not every iconic shot was a one and done. And a lot of people have the misconception when you see a lot of uh, famous photographs. Oh, is there naked people in that? Oh, there is. <laughs> 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 yeah, Whoopsie. Over. There we go. There you go. Oh, yeah. Show the actual contact sheets. So, yeah, the biggest misconception when you see an iconic photograph, especially like Henri Cartier-Bresson, any any war photographer, a lot of famous portrait shooters, you think, oh, you know, that's a one and done. They they only took one shot to get it. Mm. And this kind of uh, showcases, yeah, minty fresh. Ooh la la. (laughs) I saw that one when you were flipping through. But it it showcases the whole contact sheet and then kind of gives a little blurb either um, from – someone related to the photographer if they're deceased or from the photographer themselves on kind of what it took going into um, that decisive shot that ended up being. And there's a lot of photographers in there I didn't know, but then there was a couple of well-known ones in there too. Just kind of a nice little browse around, but I was like three ninety nine half price books. Hell yeah. Pick it up. And, That's cool, Marilyn. So it's just kind of cool. It's that, that kind of stuff you don't see unless you go to a, a, a photographer's like retrospective show when they start showing this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, you don't see this stuff very that often. That is cool. Look at that. That's contact sheets. Oh, Tricky yeah. Dick. Of yeah. Nixon getting onto the chopper. Yeah, so Which is, like I said, it's... It, that's it's amazing. The whole, it's the whole shoot, yeah. Yeah. You, you get a greater It's like there's a Pruder film. This is how Nixon I guess photographers probably <laughs> shot on an icon. A photojournalist had a really quick thumb, didn't mm-hmm. they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before or or winders, because I mean, yeah. you could buy a winder for that. Yep. Too, but, no, which uh, is interesting, because how do you feel about people looking at your contact sheets? Like my, my own? 50 years later. Like you, you, have, you have one piece of paper on an 8x10 of an 8x10. Yeah, but... But, I, but I, you know, your 120s and your 35s, yeah. I, I'm always very reluctant to let people look at my contact sheets. It took sheets. me three years to see one of Leslie's. <laughs> Oh, and she's yeah. still and she's still why like, is that um they're naked they're unedited that's they're, it they're you're seeing naked. everything you shot exactly but they're kind of cool like yeah <laughs> not me Mark's picture, up, Mark, picture. Mark, Mark, Mark's <laughs> playing chess but she's Mark's naked still I, I don't understand <laughs> Mark, hold that up 
it's I choose what I want you to see, but if yeah. you look at the contact sheet, oh, there it is. Yeah. You're seeing it all. Whoa. The, the, the longer I go, the the <laughs> 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 This reminds me of a book that I've got. I sh- I'll bring it in sometime for a book of the month. I have a a book of uh, Jerry Mankiewicz contact sheets that he did called the London Yard Sessions of uh, Jimi Hendrix for the album covers. And it's, you know, that's such an iconic album cover, the fisheye of the whole band mm-hmm. on the experience. But to see a whole book of all the contact sheets and how many different permutations and hairstyles yeah, and jackets for them and different lighting. And, and then you yeah. see the one that they actually used and it's circled a hundred times. Yeah, with, with, yes. with the, with yes. the red and grease. And you know, spread, that's yeah. when they, they knew that they had it. And it's, yeah. you know, it's a, it's gives you goosebumps to see all the different variations. Everybody always wants to know everybody else's thought process and kind of puts you in the situation. But yeah. the, from the coming from the photographer's standpoint, you're like, no, that's oh. not what the, no, that's my rough sketches. Yeah, you don't you want don't, to see the rough sketches. Yeah. You yeah. don't need to know what happened going into that. And, but it's also inspirational to see, you know, even the greatest photographer in the world takes them a hundred shots to get the good ones. Exactly. So just because you take 24 in a roll and none of them are print worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, don't feel bad. Yeah, so I thought it was a great little pickup. Um, I highly recommend if anybody has any secondhand or slightly used bookshops like a half price books, just go in. There's so many cool photo books you can get. Yeah. I'm starting to find ones of like local photographers. And usually, if you find, you know, local photographers, you're probably there's probably not a lot of them out there, mm-hmm. especially those old felt, you know, the the not the felt cover, just like the the old hard cover that are just like they're one, cloth covered. Yes, but yes, yeah, the mm-hmm. cloth hard cover books. Usually, those are local oh. or college, you know, college known photographers, and mm-hmm. then uh, that really didn't make it out of the area. Those are the real gems, and you can find kind of stuff like this in, in those as well. Picture right. is amazing. That's worth four dollars alone to see those pictures. Dorothy, oh, Dor- oh, the Dor- Dorothy Elaine. To see contact sheets of the Dorothy Elaine. We always see that image. Yeah. Yes. But you don't see the rest. You don't yeah. see the rest. There's, there's three more in this book. Oh, can you hold those up? The duds. It's like seeing <laughs> three early versions of the Mona Lisa. Like, it's just amazing right. to see yeah. different versions of it. Yeah. And I think With a crumpled up Gettysburg address that was thrown <laughs> away. Exactly. The, the one we always see now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can tell it's obviously cropped from the original, uh-huh. too. And yeah. it's... It's something unique to photography. It really is because you were talking about it's like seeing someone's pre-drawings for a painting. You don't see that unless you actually strip the painting and you see what was underneath yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and when you see this very uh, iconic shot of Dorothea Lang, you assume that was one shot. Yeah. Because it looks like a candid. The, the emotion sort of in it. Yeah. Exactly. And wow, here's three more. Yeah. And you folks out there listening, uh, get on your device and just Google Dorothea Lang. Lang. You'll see the iconic shot. Of course, you can go to our show notes. Yeah, you might not know the name, but you'll know the picture. Yeah, from the yeah. Depression. Uh, a Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl. Wow. See, so, yeah, I thought that was a cool book. Cool book. Thank very you cool very book. Much, yeah. Matt. Uh, we're going to be back in just two short weeks. I want to thank everyone for joining us. You could write us at podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, please do write us a letter. You could send us uh, a letter in the mail for those who like to type. Uh, P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey, 07405. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any uh, extra film that you're not using in your free deep freeze or you have a camera that works that you'd like to donate to our causes here, uh, you can go to filmphotographyproject.com, click on the Donate tab, and you can see the links of the various programs that we're involved with to get cameras into the hands of students and people who need uh, film cameras to learn about traditional film photography. It's what we're about. It's what we have fun. And we'll see you 
two weeks. Tweak. <laughs> Tweak. <laughs> The bank was being robbed because I was engaged in my sworn duty as a police officer. You didn't even arrest the old beggar. There was some question as to whether the beggar or his minky was breaking the law. Minky? What? You said minky. That is correct, yes. Chimpanzee minky. So I left them both off with a warning. The beggar was the lookout man for the gang. He was blind. How can a blind man be a lookout? How can an idiot be a policeman? Answer me that! It's very simple. All he has to do is enlist. Shut up! How do you know he was blind? Because he told me so. Oh, he told you. And you believed him? I had no reason to doubt him. <laughs> do you believe me if I tell you that I'm not going to get you suspended for six months? Do you believe me? If you say so, sir, yes. <laughs> because I'm a bigger liar than the beggar. You are suspended for six months without pay. Six months? Effective immediately. Have you anything to say? Could they lend me... 50 francs. <laughs> <laughs>